Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Podcast presented by Round Guys Brewing Company. I'm your host, Bill McGinney, and today we're going to be talking with Patty Brett and Scott Rudich. Scott Rudich, obviously, Round Guys Brewing Company founder, mastermind, beer god, and we have Patty Brett, who is the the Bowie diva down in the city from Doobie's Bar, and we're really excited to have both these guys on Rocco and I are uh, just throwing back some loving aliens and and really pumped about doing this interview today. So without further ado, let's jump right into the talk. Another episode of the original Slacker Podcast inside the brewery. Today I have Patty Brett from Doobie's Bar and the Scott Rudich, founder of Round Guys Brewing Company, and we are chatting about Philly Loves Bowie Week. This is my first appearance on the podcast. Really? It is. It is. Season I've, two. I've never been invited, honestly. <laughs> It's the first time I was invited to be on the podcast. Actually, I was invited one other time and I got canceled and bumped for something else. Oops. Yeah, it happens. Let's talk about uh, well, first off, Patty, how are you doing? I'm How's fine. How are you? You're doing great. You're doing good. A little I know sleepy. it's early in the morning for you. Well, sleepy. Yeah, you haven't uh, <laughs> acclimated to 10 a.m., 11 a.m. yet. Yeah, that alarm went off at 9 something, and I was cursing you. Yeah, we do these recordings on <laughs> Sunday or Saturday mornings at times that are really awkward for most people, especially the bands or bar owners in that case. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> Patty, you, you are down at Doobie's Bar, and you are also probably one of the if not the greatest Bowie fan I know. <laughs> Are you the greatest Bowie fan in Philadelphia? Uh, I always get really uncomfortable when people say things like that to okay. me because I think everybody loves him in their own way. And there's, I don't think it's fair to say someone loves him more than someone else. You kick someone's ass. I did. <laughs> over, over a portrait that they stole over, out of your... Over a mirror that they stole out of my bar. That's why we love yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty. That's not true. It was actually pretty hilarious. But what was even funnier was after the incident happened, and I I assaulted the guy. And after uh, after I did that, I called the police because I wanted to file a report. Because anytime there's an incident at the bar, I like to make sure there's a police report. I think your exact quote was, my arm went into the car and I just started punching him over and over again in the head. I did. (laughs) And when I told the police when they arrived, they laughed at me. And one officer said, do you think you hurt him? I said, I'm 62 years old. I have arthritis in my hands and my fingers are all cracked open from being in water all the time. Do you think I hurt him? You're like, I hope so. He said, nope. I said, yeah, but it felt good. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Patty loves David Bowie any more anymore than anyone else, but if you, do, if you Google Philadelphia, Doobies, Patty, Bowie, there's like 120 <laughs> articles about, about how much yeah. she, uh, she cares about him, his legacy, and, um, and about what he means uh, to her. So um, I don't know if that's, that's the best or the most, but it's certainly a qualifying factor. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... It's out there. Uh, I've dedicated a huge portion of my life to following him. Well, let's talk about that. Bowie came to Philly in the 70s, in 73, 74? 72. 72. Mm -hmm. Okay. At 74, he recorded Young Americans. Yes. Right? 
uh, which was different for most of his albums because it had a Philly sound to it. Yes. What? It was very R&B influenced. Where does that come from? How how that happened? You? I think he's always had a love of R&B and soul music. And, uh, I mean, his idol was Little Richard. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. He loved Little yeah. Richard. He actually... Um, in the David Bowie is exhibit that was up in Brooklyn over the past year, uh, there was a photograph on the wall that he carried with him all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, I think that was a big part of it. And I think he just, he really enjoyed going in different directions. So he started out, uh, as a pop singer in the sixties and transferred over to a folk singer and then he did Ziggy Stardust and create his own thing. Yeah, yeah. Create so his he own was, cult. He was always. I think each album, and I think there are twenty-seven studio albums. Each album took a different direction. Okay. So. Uh, and this this was during his essentially his Philly time, seventy-two, seventy-four. So he had two so recordings here in the city, right? He recorded, um, he was in Philadelphia in July of 74 for the Diamond Dogs tour, and he recorded David Live at the Tower Theater. Um, and it was actually during that time, he would sit out on the hotel steps with us at night and chat with us. And one of the nights that we were there, he told us he was going to be recording a new album at Sigma Sound Studios in about a month and that we should come and look for him. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Come hang out, kids. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was, we were. He's very personable. We were, what, 18 years yeah. old? I was 18 years old. He was 27. So we were both still pretty young. Right. Um, and while he was popular here, he wasn't huge here yet. And, and how many how many people are we talking about? How many people are, is he talking to? On the steps? To, yeah. Uh, probably. 10, 12. Okay. Um, and when he came back to record Young Americans at Sigma, there were no cell phones, no internet. If you wanted to get in touch with somebody, you called their house. Yeah. And a friend, we started staking at the studio. <laughs> and a friend of mine called me one night and said his car's outside because we knew his car. Right. And that was it. I drove down to the studio and... For two weeks, we hung out outside the studio. And it was an odd thing. There would be, he was staying at the Barclay Hotel in Rittenhouse Square. And he would come out of the hotel roughly four or five o'clock in the afternoon. He'd sign autographs, he'd chat with everybody, take pictures. He'd get in his car and drive to the studio. I would get in my car, run every red light so I could get to the studio before him. And it would happen again. He'd get out of the car, chat with everybody. And there were people that were at the hotel. There were people that were at the studio. And then there was a handful of people that went between both because they had vehicles. Oh, wow. So, and the studio is 200 block of North 12th, right? Yes. There's actually a uh, placard on, I think it's 12th and Race, that says here was Sigma Studios. Yeah. Um, it's actually like one of those historic markers. One of the oh, blue, great. Something to look yeah. out for. Yeah. One yeah. of the blue plates. So what was it like? camping out like what was that had to be that had to be something fun because you're around people it's your tribe right yes and it was 74 so it was a year after i graduated from high school and i had a very difficult time in high school because i liked david bowie everybody else liked the grateful dead 
Oh boy. I like David Bowie. <laughs> so I, I was, Good, I was better deemed choice. a freak. Uh, and they'd say, oh, it's that Bowie freak. And it's funny because until the advent of the internet, I didn't know there were all these other people that felt about him like I did. Right. And they all got called freaks too. It's, it's funny because now we can all commiserate together (laughs) but there were so many people going through the same thing at the same time um yeah it was interesting to start finding them all kind of like the outcasts kind of yeah yeah no this is a great story because you don't see i mean fanship for music doesn't occur like this anymore you don't have people who are drawn to i don't know of any musicians these in modern age that people are just drawn to the point that they can I mean, that level of identifying with a musician mm-hmm. is incredible. And partly because probably you didn't have as many distractions, you know, as you would have nowadays. And True. And uh, I, I think that's that's pretty cool. That's and it, pretty it was amazing. a different time then. I mean, he he was always incredibly kind with his time with us. So you, I do have to say that once once John Lennon was murdered... He he became a little more cautious, and I think a lot of musicians became right. a little more cautious. And uh, you know what we were doing in the seventies, they call stalking now. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. There's a lot of things in the seventies that aren't allowed anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's Sigma Sound Studios was was an acclaimed studio for Philadelphia. It was, and it, it I didn't realize this until I started digging around that every. Back then, the the producers would have characteristics that they grew up with. So every region had its own sound, had yes. its own um, kind of little imprint. Mm-hmm. And that was great to hear, you know, the, the soul sound that, that Bowie was able to get for young Americans in there. Something a little different. Gives Philly his little mark. Mm-hmm. You had your experience in there, and, and it was obviously a life-changing experience because we are now talking about the fourth Bowie week. Third. Third Bowie Week. Third I wanted annual. to jump the gun on that one. Okay. So how did Bowie Week start? So shortly after David left us, um, actually, it may even have been that day because it, that period of time is such a blur for me because I was just beside myself. And people kept saying to me, you need to do something, me, meaning me personally. And I couldn't even think about anything at the time because I was devastated. Right. So I promised everyone once I could think about something and it wasn't an emotional roller coaster, I would plan something. Uh, I knew I wanted to have some sort of a memorial service because he didn't have a funeral um, and because none of that was publicized. It was all very, very private. Uh, I knew that I wanted to pay tribute to him in some way, and have some sort of a memorial. Mm -hmm. So in July of 2016, I reached out to some friends and said, you know, let's just celebrate. We'll do a week's worth of events. I have friends that have venues. We'll do a tribute show somewhere. We'll show films. We'll do a quiz. We'll do a karaoke. Um, If you have suggestions or ideas, let's just make this what we can Mm -hmm. and everybody picked up the ball and ran with it 
it so the first year that we did it which was 2017 it coincided with the day of his birth and the day of his death because he passed away two days after his 69th birthday. Right. So on we planned twen- it for on that. The, on the 10th, he passed away, and he yes. was born on the 8th. Yes. In January. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we planned this week for that week of January, um, something I actually did with my mom as well. She didn't want a funeral. So a year after she passed away, I had this huge party at Doobie's, and we just celebrated her life. So I did something very similar um, or had in mind to do something very similar. And as we started talking to people, all these places wanted to participate. And it just became this thing that we, I never, ever imagined it to become what it's become. Um, Scott had actually been after me for quite some time to brew Bowie beer together. And it was the perfect time to do it. Um, And just, we knew we wanted it to be um, charity driven Mm -hmm. in some way. And we came up with, uh, David was very fond of children. So we, uh, and he passed away from, he had cancer. So we knew we wanted it to be cancer related and we chose pediatric cancer research and we chose Children's Hospital for our uh, beneficiary. The first year that we did it, we had no idea what we were doing. We went into all these different venues. And that's where it parallels with round guys. <laughs> hey, hey, we've, we kind of know what we're doing. We got yeah. some marketing done this morning before we even sat down. All right. Everybody wanted to help us out. And we wound up raising $13,000 our first year. Wow. And out of the, I believe it was 300 organizations that did fundraising for CHOP that year, we came in 39th. So I was pretty wow. proud of that. Now, there's 11 sanctioned events for 2019. Are there? Yeah, there are. <laughs> I don't even know. And one of, them is, one of them is, I think, your first event, right? It's the, the morning, the celebration. So uh, it always kicks off with the art gallery show. Right. Yes. Yes. But I think towards on the, the day of his on, death. On the day, have, yes. On the day he left the us. Same? And I will never say that bad word that begins with D. The day he left us um, is the 10th of January. So I have an all-day memorial service at Doobies. And is that the same service you had in the, on the actual day back in 2016? Well, what wound up happening in 2016 was when I woke up that morning, my phone had blown up. Uh-huh. I knew before I went to bed. Um, And one of the people that had gotten in touch with me was an old boss. I used to work for Electric Factory Concerts. And one of my old bosses got in touch with me and said Vernon Odom wanted to speak to me. Um, So I went into Doobies early that day and, pardon me, was interviewed by Vernon Odom for Channel 6. Mm -hmm. And someone from the Inquirer was in. And, pardon me. And um, I opened the bar early that day, and people just started to come in, and everybody looked really shell-shocked. And there were people saying, I didn't know where else to go, but I knew I could come here, and everybody here would understand. Wow. So it was... 
it was quite a day, and I think probably in my mind when I planned the memorial was, and we were just, we were packed the whole entire day. Uh, We have a lot of Bowie CDs on our jukebox, so people just played Bowie all day long. And uh, what the memorial has become is uh, we have stucco on the outside of the building, so I Mm -hmm. put chalk outside. And we, uh, I invite people, anybody walking by, leave the chalk outside and a sign that says, please put your tributes to David on the walls. And I let everybody decorate the outside of the bar. Um, And for those that are allowed to come in, because we are 21 and up, um, I show videos and we have the jukebox and it's just a... Or if they bring a cat, they're allowed into it here. A cat? (laughs) We're not allowed to have animals anymore unless they're service animals. Could be a service animal. It could be a service animal. <laughs> service cat. <laughs> I always have a. I always have cats in there. Have you been to Doobies? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. So that there's that whole wall. The kitchen yeah. wall is full of cats. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Twenty one or up, or if you bring a cat, you're good. <laughs> we'll wait for that. Or you know, our, our first event was a homebrew donate. 350 to the cats. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Scott and I, our very first event at Doobies. Thank you. It's our, our first event, our first uh, Brew beer week. first event. Yeah, yeah, our first beer week event. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to donate to CHOP, they want to help out for this event, how does it work? Do they go to these events and are all the, the charges, say, if there's a cover charge for the art gallery or is it a donation? Or how does it work for people to? Several of the events are free. Okay. Um, it depends on what the event is. If they're free events, uh, sometimes they help us out by carrying the beer mm-hmm. and donating a portion of the proceeds. Um, some of the events are ticketed, and they donate a portion of the door. Uh, and then we also have a website. It is www.phillylovesbowie.com, and we have a direct link to donate to chop on our page so what we've been doing this year and this year coming up is venues that are interested in participating in some way Mm -hmm. that aren't sanctioned by us um, can pay a $50 donation to our fund and then we will advertise the event for them Um, and then we encourage them to then Donate on top of that if they're carrying the beer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Some of the places, uh, we had an event one year where they made a a pizza. Supposedly, David's favorite food was shepherd's pie. So they did a shepherd's pie pizza and donated all the proceeds from that to our charity. Who was that? Uh, It was Cinder. Okay, that's not who I thought it would be. It was Cinder. (laughs) So, um, and, you know, we have... This year we have uh, Rebel Rebel Hair Salon, who yeah. is having a paint party. You have some pretty exciting <laughs> events, honestly. We're kicking off with the gallery art exhibit, the Ruckus Gallery art exhibit that you curate. Right? Yes. And then what's in there? What are people going to see? It's all Bowie-related work. Okay. So is it Bowie-related memorabilia, or is it art? No, it's is it art. art that people make? It's art that people make. and Influenced it can be by? Influenced by David. And it can be paintings or sculpture or I've had shadow boxes. Okay. Um, there's and a variety of 
And it's, this year I have these beautiful coasters coming in from, um, well, maybe I wouldn't call them coasters, but they're similar in size and shape to coasters. And it's lyrics from the songs that are resin coated. And oh, cool. they're really, I'm very excited. She oh, wow. had a lot of difficulty trying to get them over here from England, but it finally worked out. So, so you bring it from all over. Yes. That's, that's really exciting. That's yep. cool. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the, one of the things that we work with here is we work with three or four different artists, depending on what we're doing. I, I actually have a, a character artist that does the cards for down here. And then we have another one that does the labels for some of our beers. And I think that influence, the art influence is so important because it's, it's the culture, right? I mean, that's kind of like the, the glue that binds everything together mm-hmm. and being able to pull something like that. And that is to me more meaningful than, than just having a, a product or having an event. Um, I know you have the, the skating event coming up where you get to skate to Bowie. <laughs> Snowy Bowie. Snowy Bowie. Hopefully it's going to be a cold day for that. Um, That's a great event because it's not only adult related in the evening, but it's, it's for the family during the day. So they show films in the lodge. They play Bowie music. We have a face painter that comes in and paints. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fun so event for the kids. The lightning strike. Yes. Excellent. So, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's great when you can have kids participate too, because you know, the bottom line is that's who we're doing it for as kids. Right. Yeah. You got the, well, you got the masquerade ball at Ruba club. Yes. That's, that's a new event this year. Yeah. That sounds yes. pretty exciting. That's it a, does. That's a good one. Uh, you have Bowie Quizzo, of course, at your bar, Doobies. Yes. Doobies bar. Which Where is I Doobies actually, bar again? It's at 22nd and Lombard in Philadelphia. There we go. People get your butts down. And, <laughs> and I'm the one that writes the questions. And, uh, so they're going to be really hard. Well, they're not really hard because I do want people to be able to feel like they can win. I mean, it's pretty pointless if you yeah. go play Quizzo and you feel like you can't win. <laughs> um, I ran Quizzo at Doobies for five years. Right. Uh, and actually, the Bowie Quizzo is the only one I do now just because I burned myself out a little bit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yes, I, I feel like it needs to be both easy and hard questions. Do you part? Nothing like when you uh, write some quizzo questions, then the average score is like four out of ten. <laughs> like, I thought these were easy. I, yeah, I mean, my quizzes are not a piece of piece of cake, but I do have um, I do have a couple that actually has offered to run quizzo for me, and it's been very sporadic. Okay, um, but it's fun. Quizzo is always fun. I yeah. like quizzo. Well, do you like singing? Because are you going to be at the Boyoki? I did. Bowie Oki, the first year Over I sang Johnny one Brenda's? song. I signed up for a ton of them, but I had to run the merch mm. table, so I only got to sing one. And it's the only song I've ever sung at karaoke, ever. But I sang Cactus. All right. The Pixie song that David covered on Heathen. Can we get two? Maybe two this year? Maybe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love to sing David Bowie. Scott, you going to go down there and sing it? I, I, I could have my arm twisted. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, my... Um, I was out with my family one time. Um, there's a bar, Red Cedar Grill, and a uh, little segue, but karaoke relevance. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Catherine's um, school teacher, was there as well, um, and they were running um, karaoke. So, like a, a good father, I got up and embarrassed the crap out of her <laughs> by singing Ice Ice Baby. 
um, at Red Cedar Grill, and then I, I was subbing in words, subbing in lyrics. It's one of those uh, Ice Ice Baby is one of those songs that I don't really. I just need the. No one knows what the actual lyrics. I just are need the tel- I just need the teleprompter <laughs> just to remind me what verse it is. Like yeah, I, I know yeah. all the all the words, so I I was free enough to sub in stuff with like Catherine's name in it. Um, so yeah. now the entire school and the principal um, <laughs> were, were like we're making fun of her and I embarrassed her probably for the rest of her life. But um, scarred that's her. What, that's what good fathers should do. <laughs> but, but a good Bowie reference as well Absolutely. because they sample under pressure. Yeah. 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 Was that See, a legit sample? Was that a legit sample? Was that was not the big well, news he, back he then? He fought it and said yeah. that it was a different um, a, yeah. a different tone or a different inflection, but they did wind up settling. Um, and actually, I, I was I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and then Friday I was watching um, Freddie Mercury, Mercury Rising, and they both went into extensively what um, how um, how organic that session was, where David just showed up at the studio where Queen was recording. And they just did under pressure in one evening. They That's basically, basically like David got into a booth and sang what he thought they should sing. Freddie got into a booth and sang what he should sing. And then they sat down. And um, the only part that I found funny was that um, they were uh, John Deacon, um, the bass player for Queen, came up with the the dun 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 dun. dun, dun or, I'm sorry, the, um, the the under pressure bass line. And uh, they went for dinner. And they came back and like, what was that bass line again? And uh, John started playing it, and David actually put his hands on John's bass and said, "No, no, that wasn't it," and started changing the fret. And uh, it was the only bit of tension because John was like, "Don't, don't touch my bass, don't touch my <laughs> bass." But Dave, they said how natural Dave was and how free he was with just like sharing things with people and going through that. Um, it was really a really cool story. Great little chat we had with Scott and Patty. Uh, you got the great in-depth on the, pretty much how we make the beer here around, guys. You got a great little uh, tutorial on that. And then over at Patty's end, man, what, what an experience with Bowie. She actually got to hang out and, and meet the guy. I mean, that's you got to, got to sit out and, and be part of a culture that is definitely probably one of the greatest fan groups, fandoms in the history of music. I want to remind everyone that the original Slacker podcast is presented by Round Guys Brewing Company. We have three locations. We have the Glenside Ale House, which we just opened up down in Glenside. We have the Underground, which is where this is being recorded at. And if when we're doing recordings, people are able to come in. If you want to come down and watch a show, just let us know. Uh, we have these recordings up on Facebook, either through facebook.com slash the original slacker or facebook.com slash rgbc underground you can go to events and see what is coming up and it's free entry grab a coffee from upstairs and back air beans and swing on down uh, i know we have some music ones slated that are coming up and we also uh first we have the lancel brew pub across the street which is the home base which has the brewery in the back and then we have a nice pub fair atmosphere in the front with 16 beers on draft. Next time you're up in Lansdale or in Glenside, give us a shout-out. Uh, me and Patty are drinking a lovely alien to finish this episode out. Patty, this is the beer, the first one. What do you think? It's So when Scott and I first brewed this together, I said, I, I don't want an IPA, but I also said I didn't want a Saison. And when we were done tasting... Scott said, yeah, I think it's going to be a Saison, and I could not be happier with it. It's absolutely delicious. Yeah, it's got a nice little lemony character. Yep. Uh, very, very floral. 
it's a actually a thinner body, right? Most Saisons are a little thicker, a little more of a meteor body, like a medium body, right? Yeah, Saisons have a quality, and people laugh when I say this, but Saisons have this quality to them. And I, while I've never tasted shoe polish, it's it tastes like what I imagined shoe polish would taste like. And this is just so bright, so clean, so crisp. It's really bright. I really, Not just the color, the flavor really I bounces really, out of you. I really, really enjoy yeah. it. And one of the things that I said to Scott initially was, I want it to be something I'm going to drink. I want this to be my favorite beer. And it is. There you have it. This beer does not taste like shoe polish. Patty Brett. Thank you so much for coming on, and everyone have a great week. Thank you.